Welcome to the Gals Guide to the Galaxy podcast, where a group of gals gather for you one cool thing around our topic of the month. Is it ancient history? Is it breaking news? Is it safe for work? Well, that's up to each gal. All we know is that... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Welcome back. I'm Katie, and I'm joined by Bonnie, Leah, and Eden talking about our one cool Black history gal. Eden already talked about her great-great-grandmother. Is that correct? Great-grandmother. Great-grandmother, one great. Uh, Grace Wilson Edens, the Black powerhouse of Southern Indiana. Super incredible. (laughs) And Bonnie already told us about uh, Queen Nanny of the Maroons. Also an incredible woman. Um, But before we dive back into the show, Leah is going to tell us about what's going on on the Gals Guide calendar for this week. For the week of February 21st through 27th, we have a book club meeting on Zoom. Katie, (laughs) it is led by our lovely Katie Harris. So join us to talk about, we're going to read On Juneteenth by Anne Gordon Reed. Uh, Oh, Annette, did I say it? Oh, sorry. Annette Gordon Reed. There we Mm -hmm. go. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, It's going to be Thursday, February 24th at 8 p.m. It is on Zoom, so you can join us from anywhere, but don't forget to register beforehand so you get that Zoom link. So you can register and check out all of our events on our calendar page at galsguide.org. So yes, Katie, you have a question for us, don't you? I do. And I think it's a very timely one considering uh, what I've been hearing on the news and mm-hmm. how some politicians are acting these days. Um, I want to know, so George Orwell said, who controls the past controls the future. What does this mean in light of the debate about continuing to observe Black History Month? That's or even I was teaching go. Black history in schools, which I think is is definitely been something that's been in discussion uh, all over the United States and particularly here in Indiana. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to yeah. say. With this, uh, bill that they're trying to pass about like, basically you can't say that Nazis were bad people that might hurt their feelings. Uh-huh. Or that Christopher Columbus had syphilis. You can't say that one either. Yeah. <laughs> no. you, you basically you can't say that there was racism ever. Right. Oh, because you, you know, don't want anybody to feel bad. No, no. So you can't talk about the Civil War at all. Civil rights movements, like what? American what chattel enslavement. I know, right? Yeah. Totally. Anything uncomfortable, right? Yeah. <laughs> And if those um, things are stifled, what does that spell out for our future? Ignorance. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Eden. <laughs> you had yeah. a line of thought there. I um I think that uh, Orwell's line is uh really really explains uh things because if you know anything about the daughters of the Confederacy, mm-hmm. they were the women's group that put up most of the statues that are that are being torn down right now in the South that honor Mm -hmm. Confederates. And uh, they went with a whole entire, um, let's rewrite history. Uh, There was a whole movement in the 1860s to reframe um, how people, you know, thought of slavery now that it was over kind of thing. And that's where you've got, oh, the slave owners were the, 
were, you know, they treated their enslaved people like family and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And everybody was hunky dory and, you know, and all that. And then the Daughters of the Confederacy just took that and ran with it. And now people, you know, have that whole myth of the lost cause. You know, I didn't realize that there were people in this case in the South who had a whole different uh, knowledge base on the Civil War, you know, until I was grown and learned that there was such a thing as a lost cause myth. So yes, whoever controls the past controls really the present and the future. Yeah. Yeah. I had to look it up. So I'm the one looking up a quote now. So see, my own karma came (laughs) right back to bite me in the butt. But I heard this quote this year at some point, and I love this. Until the lion tells the story, the hunter will always be the hero. Exactly. And yeah. so to me, that's that's Orwell is probably ripping off that African proverb. But doesn't that just say everything? <laughs> um, but yes, we those who don't know your history are doomed to repeat it. And Absolutely. if you know better, you do better. Well, we need to know better to, in order to do better. We need to reconcile the trauma that we have that is still throughout generations. I very much believe in ancestral trauma. So, I mean, we got to do this. Mm -hmm. And uh, on top of that, with what Bonnie said a minute ago about um, we got to be nice about the Nazis and and give their side of the story, you know, legitimate, um, you know, props or whatever. Sure. Uh, You know, I find it interesting that that's the conversation we're having right now, knowing that most World War II veterans have passed away and the few remaining are in their 90s and they're, or they are um, uh, not centurions because those are guards, but um, oh, when you're 100, wow. yes, you know, um, centenarians maybe that's it could be i don't know what the term is they over the hundreds (laughs) but yeah so they are so the few that are around and there are very few you know they're elderly they're real elderly they're super elderly you know and i find it interesting that now that the majority have left this earth and gone to join the ancestors mm-hmm. now we're talking about oh wait a minute mm. there was a whole other that. side oh and the people who were there can't argue with us exactly <laughs> i think this is an important discussion to be having and that everybody should be having it right now because yeah, yeah I, the schools should not be controlled by the state to not actually teach history as it happens i mean they already don't but let's not make it worse <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. yep mm-hmm. they're banning books now yeah. and i'm thinking we got the internet like i know right dot edu or dot org like you're not gonna find these books somewhere they're just causing trouble with uh state-owned yeah I feel sorry for our fellow librarians. I mean, my goodness gracious, it's terrible for them. They shouldn't have to do with this crap. Totally. I did see that some some school group, like the kids themselves, like without teachers, they started their own band book club. Nice. I'm like, that is amazing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, kids today, at least they have 
the resources of the internet and hopefully through their at least public libraries mm -hmm. that they can like it's easier to seek out information it might be a little harder for them to tell kind of what's legitimate and like what's yeah you know factual information and they'll see that is the internet but hopefully they'll be able to find stuff right Mm -hmm. very true and uh i do know since i i do work inside of a high school that the teachers who teach history are they're they're bound to be gen xers or yeah. millennials and um you know those are you know because the baby boomers uh you know are are retired retirement yeah if they're not already retired so you know the 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 current of his teachers are on it mm -hmm. yeah they are on the kids it. are asking the questions about what about you know this person or okay cool 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 we've already learned about harriet tubman seven or eight times who yeah. else you know what i mean like the kids are also pushing the conversation to learn more to dig deeper i mean right. i'm loving it just let the kids do what they need to do <laughs> if this passes i just worry that they're even going to be able to have teachers because what i understand is there's already teacher shortage yeah yes. post your lesson plan by june 30th which is like 30 days after you get out of school mm -hmm. like for the whole next year yeah you're just gonna go to like ohio or illinois or kentucky like they're they're not gonna teach and then we're gonna be even worse yeah and and now uh some places have the national guard uh, people, you know, the, the soldiers um, functioning as uh, substitute teachers. Oh my gosh. Wow. I'm just kind of, I mean, they, they get a little bit of training. Mm -hmm. but and they probably have a, a college education as well, yeah. just maybe not a teaching degree for the, yeah. you know what I mean? Like the, the, the teaching um, element to it, which is a lot of therapy. <laughs> Exactly. But you're right, Bonnie. I mean, we already have a teacher shortage. There's already people who don't want to teach or sub because of COVID. And now you're getting, you're giving people no incentive, no real reason to become teachers. So besides, so, you know, the fact that they get paid really well, don't they? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. yeah. That's a myth. <laughs> Billionaire. <laughs> they do not get paid their worth. How about that, teachers? Right. Teachers are worth a lot more than what they get paid. Exactly. Exactly. Katie, did we give you a chance to answer as well, <laughs> darling? I feel like I was involved in the discussion. Okay, and I good, have to good. tell you that the gal I'm going to talk about tonight, yes. she is an absolute inspiration, mm -hmm. a gentle soul, and definitely somebody that anyone could learn from yes please <laughs> yes <laughs> and i hope this is gonna read as like a trailer for leah's your gal friday uh cover or episode on tina turner mm -hmm. sorry i'm distracted my cat's attacking me oh you're fine I'm you, trying to you get did say there'd be there'd be pet zoom issues there's always <laughs> pet zoom issues plus i'm trying to get my tina turner book <laughs> I'm, I'm giving her a second so Leah recently told me how much she absolutely loves Happiness Becomes You by Tina Turner, which she's now holding up. Um, and from her glowing description of it, I knew I had to look into it. So I haven't finished it yet. I got it on audiobook. But well, I've been. Does she read it? 
Does she, she read it? Not, no. Oh, okay. Okay. I was just curious because I mean, I'll take anything Tina voice. <laughs> right. That would be incredible. Um, she does not read it. The voice that reads it is really nice too. I'm afraid I don't remember the lady who's doing it. Um, but it has been incredible so far. I think I'm probably about halfway through. Um, and it just really talks about her belief system, her uh, experience with Buddhism. Um, it talks about kind of like her soul. It's, I feel like it's very much she's bearing her soul, who she yeah. is. She talks about when she was born um, in 1939 and lived on a farm and had a very um, unstable upbringing. So, so a lot of pain in her, her upbringing, but she had a few pillars and uh, people in her life. But what she really felt was a connection to nature, mm-hmm. which very much flowed into her becoming Buddhist. She's from Nutbush, Tennessee. Sorry, just like saying it like that. Yes. Well, I mean, you guys know the song, right? <laughs> yes. Because we've all seen the movie. <laughs> right. Um, so she definitely kind of narrates her life, but talks about um, the little hints that she didn't recognize in her her upbringing in, in earlier years that really tie into her finding her spirituality. And it's really beautifully done. So you get like a little mini autobiography, um, but the thread through it is all her sharing her wisdom and what she's learned through Buddhism and through, um, you know, her life and years of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you guys aren't familiar, I think you guys are all familiar with Tina. But, <laughs> just in case, any- but uh, there's thousands of listeners out there. Let's just say millions of listeners, Katie. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I'll be honest, like I've always listened and heard Tina Turner's music. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see a sequence dress like scattering everywhere and her incredible moves like I can see that but her actual background I did not know about until uh, listening to her book oh. I just know that you ladies are very educated in <laughs> our gals of Latina oh it's okay women. yes tell um, the people <laughs> <laughs> exactly um, so yes yeah, she was born in rural Tennessee um, like Early on, um, her parents, the start of World War II happened and they left town to go make money working at, um, I think they were building machinery for the war, but they separated her and her sister and dropped her off with relatives to stay with them, um, which was kind of a continued theme throughout her childhood. And she definitely had like some powerful relationships grow, but she also felt really stifled. Um, Her grandparents that she lived with were very strict, strong Baptist. And she very much felt the pressure that they wanted her to be perfect. She'd get in trouble for coming home with a dirty dress and ripped up clothes. Mm. (laughs) So she felt a lot of pressure there and she felt very free out in nature. Um, And as she grew up, the one thing she did find in the church that she loved was singing in the choir. To her, that felt spiritual. Um, And her other second love was the movies. Mm -hmm. So she was always very in love with the movies and entranced with the movies and was really good at mimicking and remembering them. So she'd come home after watching a movie and basically act out parts of it for her family. This is why another reason why I love her so much. (laughs) Doesn't that sound like kind of the, the, the bare elements you need to become a mega superstar? Sure. Or my best friend. (laughs) (laughs) She definitely had the raw talent. Um, And and then like, so lots of shuffling around in her childhood. Her parents came back. Um, Her father was abusive towards her mother. So her mother left when she was 11. Um, And then shortly after her father remarried and he left as well. 
Um, she was very close to her grandmother, though. But unfortunately, I think when she was 16, her grandmother passed away. Yeah, she was still so at that young. point. Yeah, yeah. Mom gone at 11, dad gone, I think at 12. Grandma passed away at 16. She also had a cousin she was very close with um, and a half sister who died in an automobile accident. Yeah. Abandonment is something that me and Miss Tina Turner share greatly. (laughs) It's one of our demons. Yes. (laughs) But I mean, her like her goodness. And I mean, I know she felt all of that. Um, but her ability to be strong um, and her natural goodness, like she was always very social, um, very gregarious at school. And um, she just, she didn't let it beat her down. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then, so after her grandmother passed away, she moved to St. Louis to live with her mom and her sister. And it was at that time that she was able to go out and see some of the nightlife and the, the music scene. Mm-hmm. And, and that's when she recognized, or when she met um, Ike Turner. What was Ike's band? You know, Leah. Oh, man. I thought it was the, I, well, because it's the Ike and Tina Review, and then it's the... Before actually, that. I know. He in, he says he invented rock and roll, I, too, by I the mean, way. It, it probably has his name in it, right? Because we have, like, the Ikeettes. Everything has his name in it. That's why I'm. Ike. That's why I think it's just the Ike Turner Review is what I think it is. The the I, Ike's and the Ike and the douche canoes. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. I, I think it probably had his name in it too. And then I think like the people, the instrumental part, kind of had their own little backup band name. Yeah, I will look it as, up as as you keep going. Yes. <laughs> and if you go to Your Gal Friday, they have that all spelled out for you. Yes. So if you need the nitty gritty of names, times, dates, and all of that, they got it for you. <laughs> and Leah's going to come up with it now. But anyway, um, she met and started hanging around with her sister with the Ike Kings Taylor. of Rhythm. The Kings of Rhythm. There it is. Them. His first recording, Rocket 88, is credited as being the first rock and roll song. No, it's not. Sorry, I can do math. <laughs> it was 20 years after Sister Rosetta Tharp, so no. But anyway, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> um. And you know what? I haven't even mentioned the fact that Tina Turner is not her real name. No, no. She was born Anna Mae Bullock. Yeah. Okay. So at this point, she's still little Anna. Mm -hmm. Although just to throw this out there, if it's a black person with that last name, the stress goes on the second syllable. Bullock. Bullock. Mm, Okay. Gotcha. I don't know if that's Tina's thing, but usually, yeah. Anna that sounds right. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I don't even have the other name pulled up, but you know, when Ike got all mad, he was claiming her name was Martha something. And there's oh, a yeah. few contracts where she signed that. That was like a little weird note in the oh, God. kept yeah. changing her name. He changed it to Tina. He yeah. sure did. Because mm-hmm. he liked the, the two T's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that, that's probably the best idea he ever had in his entire freaking life. Amen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And it's it is the only thing she wanted from him too. Sorry, yeah. anyway, I'm I'm getting you know, <laughs> it, it, You're absolutely right because he did not even recognize her talent and her abilities when he met her. Mm-hmm. She really actually kind of had to talk him into giving her the opportunity. Yeah, yep. he had to steal the mic one night and kind of get out there and and show what she was about, and have the audience be like, "She's got it." Yeah, uh, you don't, Ike. <laughs> Right. <laughs> he really um, liked that sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> so 
at that time, um, Tina was around the band and she ended up in a relationship with one of, was it like the drummer, keyboardist, something like that? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was a drummer. I, and I even forget his name, um, mm-hmm. but they, she got pregnant and she was like, well, maybe I'll try to make it work with him. So she decided to move in with him, except he lived at Ike Turner's house. So she was moving in with Ike. Yep. Hey. This can only end well. Right. (laughs) So things went south and they ended up, um, the man she was involved with got beat up by the other band members so bad that he had a broken leg and got shipped out of town and no longer part of the band. You know, I didn't read her own autobiography. I'm just reading The Happiness Becomes You. But I feel like a lot of what I read online has some really jumpy timelines of her history. Yeah. You know, there's like the guy and the pregnancy and then he gets kicked out um, and she has the baby and unfortunately gets more intimately involved with Ike. Uh, She has established that she felt like it was more of a brother sister situation that they were helping each other out. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, when you're living in a creepy messed up dude's house, creepy messed up things sadly happen. Yeah. And you didn't necessarily have the best role models, you know, growing up with divorces and infidelity and things like that. You kind of think, well, this, this is how women are treated. <laughs> and a lot of what Tina describes, it really just comes from a heart of gold place. Like she definitely felt like he'd been hurt by other people. So she wanted to take mm-hmm. care of him and be supportive. And they were working together. Um, so she felt like she owed him um, for his support and the things that she felt he helped make happen for her. Yes. I believe it's called codependency. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good word. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's a hard one. It's a hard one. Yeah. <laughs> it's where mean people find people with a heart of gold. And yeah, it's hard to separate them because they both need each other badly right. and shouldn't be together. Yeah. <laughs> So, but they are together at this point and living in the same house. Um, and I think a couple years after her first son is born, she becomes pregnant with Ike's son. Um, and previous to that, she actually became Tina Turner. Mm-hmm. They didn't get married. He just invented, Ike invented the name Tina Turner mm-hmm. for little Anna. And she hated it. She didn't want to be Tina Turner, but he wanted a name that he owned that he could use. So if and dropped out of the band, he could just find himself another Tina Turner. Yeah. Like there's going to be another one. I know, right? right? Be so good they can't replace you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so during this time, they're an incredible success. Um, they're getting amazing record deals um, that are extremely lucrative and profitable. Um, they're beloved in the UK they're headlining for the rolling stones mm-hmm. um they're doing incredibly well together however of course um as everybody found out and didn't know at the time that ike was physically abusing tina yeah so i mean when i was researching her i was looking at live videos of her performances and she brings so much energy and positivity and it broke my heart thinking she was literally sometimes being beaten right before she went on stage to perform yeah Mm-hmm. or right after too yeah yeah if she did um, too good if she outshined him i mean it was anything if yeah. she yeah it was uh it was absolute hell yeah um it got so bad that at one point she did try to commit suicide 
because yeah. she couldn't see any other way to escape this abusive situation. Right. So, um, but she talks about in Happiness Becomes You, how she she very much believes in karma and fate and kind of the universe has a plan or it, you need to listen because it's telling you something. Mm-hmm. And in these years, she had somebody approach her about chanting, mm-hmm. about uh-huh. trying chanting. Um, and she was like, yeah, maybe, but kind of brushed it off. I think it was her son first, she says in the book that said, you should try chanting. I just learned about that. Um, and then somebody else completely unrelated mentions chanting to her mm-hmm. and she thinks about it for a while, but moves on. And it was the third time somebody completely unrelated brought it up to her that she's like, I need to look into this. Third time's the charm. I'm just saying there's yeah. some magic in that. Yeah. <laughs> So she talks in the book about how she had to be secretive with her learning about Buddhism Mm -hmm. and learning about chanting so as not to upset Ike. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can tell from what she says that she found a lot of strength in it. She got in touch and learned herself. Mm -hmm. And really, I think credits that and the power of being able to walk away from Ike and leave this abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, And I, I think like in general, people don't understand how much she lost by being so brave by saving herself and by leaving. Do you remember how much money she had in her pocket when she left? Like 67 cents. Yeah. And a gas card. Mm-hmm. And just left and just had nothing and went to her Buddhist friends who took her mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the scene in, in uh, What's Love Got to Do With It when they're in the limo and she fights back did that actually happen or was that invented for the movie? Is that right before she leaves? Yeah, in the movie, okay. they're going somewhere, they're going to somewhere where they have to be like like a celebrity thing. Right. Yeah. And so they're all dressed up and they're in this limo and he uh, gets mad and he hits her and then she's just had enough and she just, you know, they just start wailing on each other. Yeah. And when they get out of the limo, you know, they're both all bruised up and, and whatever. And that's, of course, you know, she leaves, she leaves, you know, and ends up somewhere and and says, you know, I've only got 67 cents or whatever and, Mm -hmm. and blah, 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 but I'm Tina Turner. And yeah, you know, but I wondered if that scene was actually based on something that really happened. I can't remember what it is in the I Tina book that she wrote early on, but in this one, she talks about she was in the motel room and he was doing a lot of drugs and was wailing on her. And she just decided at that moment in the hotel room to just walk out. Yeah. To just go. So it could have been the moment of that's it. I'm out. Was it dramatic enough for the movie? So they kind of like added a couple of other events that did happen, but just kind of added that catharsis moment to that, to it. So yeah. Okay. Elements of true. Gotcha. But her leaving with 67 cents in her pocket was unfortunately very foretelling of the future. Yeah. Um, Because this divorce with Ike drug on for two years she mm-hmm. was so ready to be free of him and not feel beholding or attached to him um, that she really gave over a lot to him. The one thing she did fight for and keep was her name, Tina Turner, because she knew she would need it to make a living mm-hmm. in the future. So it got to the point that after the, vo- the divorce, she was living on food stamps and playing small venues or nightclubs uh, to try to make enough money to feed herself and, and house her and her kids. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and to go from that to becoming the solo superstar that is Tina Turner is so incredible. The 80s were all Tina Turner. Like, yeah, I mean, absolutely Tina Turner. She was in commercials. She was in Mad Max. She had music videos. She was always on Oprah. I mean, like, she was everywhere. That was back when, like, MTV played music. <laughs> so you saw all our videos. I remember seeing what the song, the video for the song, What's Love Got to Do With It. And I mm-hmm. was like blown away. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Yeah. Tina ruled the 80s. <laughs> well, and it's incredible um, to think of how much she's done here and how revered she is here. Um, in the 80s, she was even more popular in the UK yeah. and overseas. Oh my uh, gosh. Wow. I saw this stat about how she is the only artist. I want to, I want to find it, but in seven decades she has spent seven decades and all seven decades she has had a top hit on the uk top list oh and she's the only artist to do that because i remember madonna was close for a bit but in the u.s charts but then i think Mm -hmm. but then madonna started to drop off so good job tina Mm -hmm. right i wanted to find it exactly but like you know her story is incredible but then when you look at like what she's accomplished and the accolades she's received for it are Mm -hmm. insane the records she set the barriers she's pushed Mm -hmm. um she was the first black artist and first female on the cover of rolling stones magazine that was in 1967 wow look at that at one point, she held a Guinness World Records for the largest paying audience of 180,000 people in 1988 that came to see her as a solo performer. Oh, wow. Nice. Oh, here it is. In the UK, Turner is the first artist to have a top 40 hit in seven consecutive decades. 70 years. Wow. Right. That's cool. She has sold over 100 million records worldwide. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, she has a total of 12 Grammys. I mean, just her stats are incredible here. Oh, Let's, yeah. I want to find it. So many firsts. Turner is the only female artist to win a Grammy in pop, rock, and R&B fields. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Hey. She's a two-time inductee in uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Because for Ike and Tina Review and then as a solo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got it. Absolutely. Um, she has a prestigious Kennedy Center honor. I watched that whole thing. That was amazing. People singing Tina songs to Tina. Oh man, that was good. Was it incredible? Mm -hmm. So she built that up all through the eighties. She met an incredible manager. Um, She covered incredible songs. And I mean, just the gift of her voice. It's such, I think in your gal Friday, you call it, it's like a fingerprint. It's so unique to her and special. Mm -hmm. Um. And I, I want to say the one thing as I was researching that startled me the most, and I, I don't want to, it's not what impressed or wowed me the most because everything's incredible about Tina, but I open up the Wikipedia and it says the Swedish singer, mm-hmm. Tina Turner. And I was like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> so this is, this oh, is you mean a, Swiss. Swiss? Swiss. Swiss. Yes. yes Swiss. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she lives I in just, Switzerland. <laughs> okay. That's right. Swiss. <laughs> I should have put that in my little notes over here, but I wasn't going to talk about it because it's just silly, but I'm like, everybody needs some random <laughs> you know, trivia in their back pocket. Yes, exactly. Um, She's lived in Switzerland for a good long time. Yeah. Since like the nineties, I think like 93 yeah. or something, but yeah, she gave up um, her 
citizenship in the United States and it has become a citizen of Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, what the heck? She's like, I know. What is this? Like, you can't call her American if she gave up this. <laughs> right. The expat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, uh, I, I know we're, I don't want to go on too long because there's just so much that can be said about Tina, but I do want to highly recommend Happiness uh, Becomes You by Mm -hmm. Tina Turner. It definitely encourages introspection and working on yourself, Mm -hmm. Um, but then also- No matter what your religion too, yeah. Right, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you think when you were, the parts that you read, do you think she was kind of trying to apologize uh, or be really nice to the Baptists? Did you get any sense of that? Like, please don't hate me, Baptists, because I'm Buddhist now. Like, did you? Not not too bad, but I don't think she wants to step on any toes. Because I also read an uh, interview with her that she talked to Oprah and almost even called herself a Baptist Buddhist. Right. So, And I I wanted to offend her her songs and her deep uh, connection to singing in choir and with relatives and her upbringing, the, the Baptist church, like. And gospel. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. She does have a lot of chanting albums though. I will say that (laughs) (laughs) she probably has more uh, Buddhist uh, chanting albums than she does gospel music. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Well, I spent all afternoon watching her music videos and listening to her music. Yes. Well, she is your private dancer. (laughs) So, and then, and where she is now, I, I know she lives in Switzerland with her Mm -hmm. amazing husband. Is his name Erwin? Erwin. I think so. Yes. Been together forever and have an incredible relationship together. She actually had some health scares uh, shortly after getting married to him and he gave her a kidney. Yeah. When she needed one. Mm-hmm. So she's very much loved and supported and her own woman and in a good place right now. Yeah. Um, living in her chateau. Like I you know, do. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Did you just happen to see her um I think it was on Netflix, her documentary that she did. Oh HBO. HBO. Is that HBO? Yes. I haven't seen okay. it yet, but I really want to now. It's kind of a farewell, so it's a little, yeah. it's, a, it's a bittersweet going, you're not going anywhere, Tina, calm it down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I got the sense that she was basically saying she's more or less retiring from entertainment. Yes. You know? Um, you get to do. Yeah. yeah. Well-deserved, right? Mm-hmm. But it's very good. Yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely going to watch it. I didn't even know about it until I started researching her this week. Mm-hmm. she's somebody definitely worth to to get to know about on so many different levels you know musical mm-hmm. side uh self-determination side reinvention you know there's just yeah. so many different um aspects to her that you can pull from and be inspired by the exactly. just yeah love the crap yeah. out of her totally See. i was wondering because mm-hmm. like i'm familiar with tina and her music not so much like her background like i knew about you know ike being horrible a douche canoe because like i know she had to like fight to keep her her stage name did he cause any kind of issues with like the movie coming out with it being like slander or whatever or i don't remember well because she did have her book out first um i mean let me put it this way ike seems to sue everybody for everything 
and yeah. it never really goes anywhere. So let's just say yeah. yes. <laughs> he was probably upset, but maybe not he could much he could do with it. I remember reading um when the Ike and Tina Turner Act was uh recognized at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, neither of them went. Yeah. He didn't go because he was incarcerated. Yes. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. Uh-huh. Checks and out. he didn't go because fuck Ike. Right, exactly. And didn't want it to be about him or to piss right. him off any like it just just no. Okay, cool. Thanks. So <laughs> if he was not in jail <laughs> when that movie came out, maybe he sued her, but I don't know anything about yeah. it. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of legal grounds, but he could still try. <laughs> and it doesn't uh-huh. seem like he wouldn't try because he would. Try. Like, I wasn't sure. I was sitting here thinking, like, would he like sewer just because he wants to be a butt? Or yeah. what, is he the kind of dude who would be like proud that he was an abuser? Oh, God, it could be both. Like, I was like, <laughs> like, is that unfortunately the kind of man that doesn't consider knocking a woman to the ground abuse yeah 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 i think and it keeps his name in the press yes i mean he talks in an interview about how sure sometimes he hit tina and sometimes even knocked her down to the ground but he never beat her right so we're not dealing with a man that has a full deck (laughs) (laughs) and so you just kind of let him talk and be like "Mm -hmm, okay got it remember watching that movie and when they get to the proud Mary mm. and you see her guns, yes, her biceps, and and how um how much uh, Angela Bassett, uh, yeah, how much she worked out to be able to have the stamina and whatever, because mm. all those fight scenes and all those performance scenes, you know, she had to be in some serious shape mm-hmm. to be able to pull that off, and and um you know, both their performances were really quite amazing. Yeah. You know, I would imagine it would be really hard to play somebody like Ike Turner well because he's so horrible. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. That's why it takes a great actor to do it. <laughs> I don't want to keep on going and going, but I totally realized I didn't tell you guys that she did attain her her dream of being in movies too. During... Oh, yeah. The height of the 80s. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, she yeah. started in the Mad Max, whatever that was. Beyond and Thunderdome. Beyond Thunderdome. With that and she was yeah. also the Acid Queen in Tommy. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting yeah. she was in Tommy. I keep yeah. forgetting that, like, everybody was in Tommy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yes. That's the only thing. So, all right. Um, I know we got to move on. So, you guys get yourself over to Your Gal Friday. Watch the yep. documentary about Tina. Reader books. Happiness Becomes You. Mm-hmm. Well, that wraps it up for this week. Join us next week for another cool woman of history as Gal's Guide podcast continues. Thank you for listening. For show notes, links, and images from this week's show, visit galsguide.org. Want exclusive stuff like deleted bits and major bloopers? Become a Gals Guide patron today. Thanks for listening.